episode 25. Let's go. DJ Khaled, hit him with another one. Man, beautiful days. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. The bees are making honey. And I am in the middle of listening to a autobiography by the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Anthony Kiedis. His book title is called Scar Tissue. But that's not what today's episode is about. Today's episode is going to be about California Adventure and how to work that app so you're not waiting so long in those damn lines for a 15-second ride. We got more things to do, but first, a couple things about this Anthony Kiedis character in which I plan on talking more about in a later episode. Now, I'm at the point to where he has had, I don't know, his 100th relapse Man, those, those rock stars, his autobiography is filled with sex, drugs, rock and roll, relapses, ultimate highs, ultimate lows, desperation, hope. It is a fascinating human condition where you can have everything that you think that you want. For example, you know, fandom, adoration by your peers, Grammys, multiple country touring um, tours, uh, hordes and hordes of, of fans, women throwing themselves at you, pussy on a platter, money, traveling, hanging out with your buddies, all to be ruined by drugs and alcohol. How fascinating, right? You can have all that money and everything that I just mentioned, but that dope. You need you need more dope. There's a insatiable appetite that the flesh requires that unless you don't get a grip on, on yourself, sheesh, it will lead you into some dark, dark places. Anyways... Back to my family trip. So, me and my family, we had, the last week was filled with a bunch of shenanigans, a bunch of adventure, all good times, all smooth sailing, everything that could have went wrong did not go wrong, so I'm thankful for that. So, prior to us leaving Venice Beach, we did stop by that Chinese theater, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And there was a, a bunch of people down there. And there's something about creating a monument to immortalize. Essentially, that's what those stars on the floor are. Little monuments to these celebrities, to these musicians, to the people in showbiz. And for the A-list of A-listers, for the cream of the crop, for the Michael Jacksons, for the Kobe Bryants... For the Shirley Temples, for the ultimate A-listers, they have their handprints, their signatures, their footprints, and some of them even had their ball prints. No, just kidding, but that would be pretty interesting if, I don't know, someone decided to 
immortalize themselves by not only having their hand and feet prints, but by having their testicles, a little imprint of their nutsack. That'd be adorable. But anyways, my son was able to put his hands in the hand print of Kobe Bryant. And he was in the presence of greatness. Pretty fascinating. He got to see Michael Jackson's handprints and footprints. I know that guy's filled with a lot of controversy, but man, he gave us Thriller. He gave us Billie Jean. As soon as that song comes on, that drum beat, there's no other drum beat like it. And the bass line, come on. I'm about to start moonwalking right now. Um, who else was there? Everybody. Shirley Temple was the first child star. My son wasn't familiar with Shirley Temple, but, you know, because of my phone, I was able to pull up a quick Google search and, and offer him some images to put a face to a name. There was a whole bunch of... There was uh, Tom Hanks. Pretty much, like I said, everyone who's an A-lister, they, they all are immortalized in that Hollywood Walk of Fame. And it was fascinating to see some of the dates and times that the people had their recognition, dating back all the way to like the 30s. And time is a trip because it continues to go. Those sands, or those grains of sands falling through the hourglass never stop. Time continues Forever and ever. And in 100 years, you will be dead. Everyone you know will be dead. And that's, that is a trip. Even though we know that in 100 years, which seems like a long time, but 100 years ago, everyone who occupied the earth, they're dead. Right? Pretty much. But even though that we are aware of the brief time that we occupy this life, for some reason we still hold on to anger and bitterness and resentment and jealousy and all of those ill feelings. You know, there are some things that our negative emotions can guide us to. Pain is a... Reminder, pain can direct you on what not to do. At the root of pain, you can find out and figure out a solution on why whatever you're doing is painful. And there's there's a there's a solution somewhere in that in that suffering. But any anyway, so we left that Chinatown. Uh, as I've mentioned in my last episode, we got to see Ric Flair. Woo! And the Got'em Guy. And we make our way down to California Adventure. But before we get there, we go to our hotel. Check in. Mingle about. You know, and pretty much prepare to go to California Adventure the following day. We arrive at our hotel on Monday, and we stay at this really nice spot. It's called the Hyatt House. It was nicer than I had anticipated. 
It's not that we stay in dumps or anything like that, any of these roach motels, but hey, this, this was a pretty nice, pretty nice spot. The mornings had the breakfast buffets in which the, the, the scrambled eggs could have been um, mistaken for scrambled egg soup. They were very watery. And you know what? I'm going to have to write a manager. I'm going to have to write a letter to this manager and talk to them about these watery-ass scrambled eggs. Hmm. Just kidding, but... So, the day before California Adventure, as I mentioned, we check into our, our hotel and we, and we get everything situated because my wife, she has it all figured out. She is insightful, knowledgeable. She knows how to work the game. The game of the Disney app. And she's like, Ruben, you have to download the easy, the, the Disneyland app and you have to log in under my name so that we can both be aware of what's going on. I was like, yeah, all right. I'll follow in your footsteps. You just tell me what to do, when to get there, and I will just do it. So because of her professionalism and knowledge, she creates a plan to wake up at the butt crack of dawn before the sun rises or as the sun is rising at bright and early 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm telling you about that life because she wants to wake up with enough time to get ourselves ready and then go down and capitalize on that breakfast buffet because after all, we are paying for it, right? So that's what we do. We wake up 6 o'clock in the morning. The alarm goes off. The kids were able to get them up and going with not too much friction. You know these kids are waking up early is tough. So we head down and we have our breakfast and hey, we're we're on time. We have we're not rushing or anything. I think California Adventure opens up at eight eight o'clock and we're about a fifteen minute walk from our hotel to the park. And I have an app it's called the Relive app. R-E-L-I-V-E app. And this is a, a pretty cool app because you can track a lot of things. You can track a road trip. You can track your snowboarding adventure. You can track a boat ride, a walk, and it's all like GPS coordinated on a map. And at the end of the your little trip, you know, you... you you hit stop, and then it'll geolocate precisely all of your movements. And so I started my my uh, my geotag right when we were leaving the hotel, and as we were walking through and to California Adventure, I'm being tracked. Um, we ended up spending. I think it was 13 hours 13 hours maybe it was 14 hours maybe it was, I, I think it was 13 to 15 hours we were out all day and in that time we walked 13.7 miles and man we, we put in some we put in some work but before we get to the end of the day there's some of the experiences that we had at California Adventure that I want to share with you. 
Maybe you don't know about these things, but you're going to learn today. So if you're not aware, there's something called the Genie Fast Pass Lane. And my wife would be better to talk about all of the details and intricacies that entails using this app. But in a nutshell, you don't have to wait in line. And I'm like, man, what a blessing. The Genie Fast Pass does cost a little bit more money. I don't know, maybe $60, $70 per person. But it is money well spent. Time is money. Money is time. And when you have kids who are waiting in line and you're... Some of these rides don't have shade, and you're just baking, and you're hot, and next thing you know, this happiest place on earth turns into the most miserable place on earth, and you just want to go home, right? So, on the on the app, you can see the, the wait times for some of these rides, or more like for all of the rides, and the most popular rides have a longer time and it's not uncommon for these popular rides to have an hour and a half an hour and 45 minutes a two-hour wait for peter pan a peter pan ride is like i don't know 30 seconds 45 seconds so there is grown adults with no kids waiting in this line to go on a Peter Pan ride. And I, I get it. You know. It, I, I get it. But it's like man. Come on. Let's. Uh, hey you know what. If Disneyland implemented a rule. To where. You were only allowed, granted access. Into Disneyland. If you had a kid. So otherwise. If you don't have a kid. You cannot go into Disneyland. Hey, I, I would sign up for that. I'd pay a little bit more money for even shorter rides. And it is a little bit weird when, for example, me and my family, me and my daughter, she's four years old, we're waiting in line to see Minnie Mouse or Elsa, and there is grown adults waiting in the same line to talk to Elsa. And bless the hearts of these Disney characters because they have to stay in character no matter what. So, for example, if you're a grown adult and you're standing in a 45-minute line to go see Elsa and you proceed to have a conversation with that person who's dressed in costume as as Elsa and you talk to them as if they are indeed Elsa... Man, that is strange. You're asking them like, hey, where's Olaf? Hey, um, where's where's Anna? And then that Disney character, they have to, they, they can't break role. They need to answer your immature questions because they don't want to lose their jobs. But meanwhile, they're making the lines so much longer. You know, people honeymoon there. And I think to myself, I'm like, how romantic. You're there on your honeymoon, waiting in line, and you don't even have Fast Pass 
So you you are subjecting your spouse, your significant other, to the suffering and frustration of waiting in that uh, in that line. Next to kids who are throwing tantrums, they're screaming, they're crying, and I'm like, how romantic. But hey, to each his own. I just find it fascinating that that type of mindset on both of the characters that I have just described. Um, but my my little daughter, she had her autograph book. She was able to get the signatures. But hey, mind you, she's four years old. She has a wild imagination. She sees Minnie Mouse and she believes it's Minnie Mouse. She saw Rapunzel. So check this out. She saw Rapunzel. And in the animation, Rapunzel does not wear shoes. She's always barefoot. And my daughter, as observant as she is, she asks Rapunzel. She says, why are you wearing shoes? And I was like, hey, that's a pretty good question. Why are you wearing shoes, Rapunzel? (laughs) And the Rapunzel character, obviously she's been asked that before. And she said, hey, because I'm at Disneyland, I, I, I like to wear shoes so I can go on rides. And I was like, hey, what an awesome answer. Beautifully crafted. They, they have obviously put some thought into their rebuttals. To not trip up and stumble. But for the adults that go there and ask similar Immature questions, I'm like, come on, really? You get an eye roll and a side eye. But hey, who am I to judge? To each his own. Anyway, so we are at California Adventure. And the first ride that we go on is that Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I'm not much of a fan for those droppy type rides where, you know, you, you go up and down. But my son is, and once again, I'm there. For my family, for my son, so I'm being subjected to all types of things that I necessarily wouldn't wouldn't sign up for. But because I am blessed and I am a family man, um, I am doing these fatherly duties. And my son has been on this ride before, and the way that Disneyland has pretty much a endless amount of money. They invest it in the best decorations, the best details. They have the most brilliant minds creating the most epic atmospheres. I don't even know how they they do any of this stuff. Like, what the hell is going on here? Like, they they have the, the best creators, the best painters, the best everything. It's just the best of the best, so... As a grown 40-year-old man, I'm able to appreciate the the mind-boggling amount of work, the unfathomable continual project that never ends in upkeeping that place. Their landscaping immaculate. There's there is flowers, there's like bushes, there's shrubs, and they're all growing. There's not one thing out of place there. I I can't fathom the amount of landscaping work alone that it takes to 
keep that place up. They had these really big snapdragons. And I'm not sure if you know what a snapdragon is, but it's one of my favorite flowers. Go ahead and give that a Google. But they had the biggest snapdragons there that I've ever seen. And I'm like, man, these, these guys are badass, you know? Pros. Total pros amongst pros. They are the cream of the crop. And you know, it's probably a lot of Mexicans that uh, not only do the landscaping, but do all the construction, do all the painting, because man, that, that's just what the the uh, Hispanic culture is known for. So, hey, why, as I said, Disney only hires the best, so there's probably a bunch of Hispanics over there handling it. Now, the the weather... The weather was perfect. The weather is something that can greatly impact your day at Disneyland or California Adventure. For example, last year when we went, when we went, it was at the same time. And once again, you know, it's spring, perfect weather. It was, I don't know, 69 degrees with a cool breeze. Wow, perfect. The week before, it was raining. And California has been having a lot of rain recently. And we were monitoring the weather leading up to our trip. And yep, sure enough, uh, people, they were having to wear ponchos. And I couldn't imagine just being in the rain in soaking shoes for 13 hours because I know my wife would have made me do that. And I would have felt obligated to just walk around in some galoshes, bubbles coming out of the seams of my shoes and my socks. But I would have did it. That was not our our fate. We were much more fortunate, and the weather was great. Last year when we when we came, when we went there, as I was alluding to, uh, the weather was similar. And the following week after we left, it was going to be in the 90s. Man, and that is hot in Disneyland because it's all just pavement. So the the heat not only radiates from the sun, but it is heating up that asphalt, and now you're just getting doubly baked. It's like you're in a convention oven. Everything is just going to melt. So imagine standing in line with no shade, with some oily-ass sunblock on, no breeze, melting with kids in line with no fast pass. Hey, does that sound like a fun time? Not to me, but people do it every day. And those are, are the diehards. One thing that I didn't know existed was the, the collection of pins. So at Disneyland, you're able to purchase like a lanyard. It goes around your neck. It's about an inch thick, three quarters of an inch thick. And it'll probably dangle down to like, I don't know, your, your belly button. And you can buy like these these collectible pins and you stick them onto your lanyard. It's just something that I guess rich people do because these pins are like 16, 20 bucks. And you know what? You can't just buy one because you have a whole lanyard to fill up. Man, Disney knows what they're doing. They make all these these damn things that are desirable. The pins, they are cool. I could go without. I, I can just appreciate 
looking at things and appreciating the the artistry of it, the fabrication of it, just just the whole process. Like uh, my my mind starts to wonder about who made this pin, who drew this pin, how do they get the paint on? Who is this being uh, stamped out? Is this from China? Where'd it come from? So I, I I'm able to entertain myself with unanswerable questions such as that. I'm sure if I wanted to waste some time, I I would be able to pull up a YouTube video of that creating process, but I got better things to do with my time. I have mysteries of the universe that I'm trying to solve, like black holes. Did you know that? I I believe that a photo of a black hole is not even a, a photograph. It's just hypothesized on what it looks like. And I'm like, when I when I learned that, I'm like, man, what have I been looking at this whole time? Turns out that it's just a artist rendering of what it could look like. And I'm like, come on. I only deal with facts, people. Give me the give me the truth. So back to those pins. My wife got my son a lanyard, and now we're on the hunt for these pins. And I'm just feeling Walt Disney's hand going deeper into my pocket. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? YOLO, you only live once. And I remember back in the day when my mom took me to Universal Studios. She would buy me souvenirs. I remember getting this one big old Michael Jordan card. And I held on to it for years and years, all the way into adulthood. And it was uh, rediscovered in a childhood box. I think I just threw it away. Turned out to be clutter. One thing that I hate is clutter. I despise clutter more than I like memorabilia. So in that battle, things are just going to get tossed. Kind of a minimalist, or at least I try to be a minimalist. I would rather save that money and buy some Bitcoin. At least Bitcoin has potential to make me some money, whereas I'm buying, you know, these superfluous and it's zapping my my income. But once again, when in Rome, YOLO, I was joking with myself when I was discovering the prices for some of these pins. I'm like, man, 15 bucks for this damn pin? It probably costs like a nickel to make. So Disney has essentially a license to print money. You can put any Disney character and they have thousands of them. Or it seems like it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have over a thousand damn Disney characters. Even the ones who aren't even like the main characters like uh, like that that dog from up that dog from up is not even a main character but he has his face on clothes lunch boxes erasers figurines you name it that dog from up has made disney's a billion dollars and that's just the dog so uh, imagine what Elsa's doing for them, and Anna, and Mickey Mouse, and Goofy. You can put those, man, put it on whatever, whatever you want. They'll, they'll eat it up, 
in Disneyland. It's fascinating to see all the damn gift sh- the gift shops. And you know what? Whoever came up with the idea to have the gift shop be at the exit of each ride, pure genius. I hope that they are living on a private island somewhere because that that decision needs to be rewarded because that decision alone has probably made Disneyland or Disney a shit ton. Right? Brilliant. To have... Alright, so you, you wait in line. You go on the ride. And then they dump you out into a gift shop that is the theme of the ride. Brilliant. Like the Incredibles in California Adventure. You go through that process. You you wait in line and you see a bunch of, uh, of incredible character themed sculptures, paintings. You hear the the chatter of the of the character voices back and forth. You go on the ride, which is incredible themed. You see baby Jack Jack, the Flash, all of, the, of those characters. And then they dump you out into the the damn souvenir shop. It's like, man, they know what they're doing. Smart move. I wonder how long that idea has been has been going on for. So now because we have the fast pass, our day is scheduled. I don't know all the nuances of of that genie pass, but you can only book so many at a time. Which, you know, we're able to book one about an hour out. Let's say let's say you schedule a ride for 12 o'clock noon. And it is 10 o'clock. You schedule a ride for 12 noon. Now, so now you have the luxury of showing up at any time between 12 noon and 1 p.m. to go on your ride. In which case, you just show up, you wait 5-10 minutes, and you, then you go on the ride. So that time, while you're waiting for your window, you can just go and explore. There's a whole bunch of things to see. Go look at the sides. You go chase down some characters. And with my little daughter, we were able to do that. As I've mentioned, she had her autograph book and we were able to get her some signatures. And while you're waiting for your ride, you just soak up the scene. Hey, how about buy one of the, buy a churro. You can buy a churro, wash it down with a soda, eat, eat on some of your snacks, soak in the scene and do some people watching. And that's that's how we, we do it the, the whole time. Oh yeah, and then also... There's another little caveat that if you're not up on game, you're about to be hip to it right now. There's something called a rider swap. So because my daughter, she her height requirement doesn't allow her to go on all of the on all of the rides. And my son, he's older, he is able to go on all of the rides. So woe is my family because what you know, like Disneyland they, they figure, "Hey, you know what? We want to take care of the whole family, so we're going to give you something called the rider swap because we want both parents to, to essentially have fun so that they can come back and that Walt Disney can reach his hand in from the grave and grab more money from from the deep parts of your pockets. So with the fast pass, we show up, we wait 5-10 minutes with the rider swap. The first, the second parent who didn't go on the ride with the eligible child can now immediately go back on the ride again. 
And now my son has double the fun because he's going on two times, one with the first parent, one with the second parent. And I'm like, man, that is a double whammy. How great is that? So we're, we're living it up. I'm not even tripping off on, on waiting on any of these lines. And that's right. You know what? Because I'm not tripping, there's less stress. The misery is removed. And now I'm able to have fun. And now I'm able to just soak it in. And to my estimation, it is, it's worth it. I would definitely... I don't know if, if if we're gonna go to Disneyland and not get a fast pass and do the rider swap. My thought is gonna be, why even go? You're gonna go there and just wait in line all day? For real, bruh? Come on, I got better things to do with my time. I'd rather work a little bit of overtime or sell some blood or some semen to get that extra fast pass money. So if you have been to Disneyland or California Adventure or any theme park, because I think they're all offering it, and you think to yourself, man, these lines are too long. Listen to your old, to your old uncle, to your buddy Rube. Get, get yourself a fast pass. Much funner. And then so, before we even go, um, I anticipate that there's going to be a lot of a lot of sweets, a lot of nibbling of, of snacks, a lot of ice cream, a lot of this, a lot of that. And I had mentally prepared myself for it because I usually don't eat um, eat from the from a Disney diet. And we had some things scheduled. Man, we had this one goofy cafe. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but hey, let's just say that it brought my sweatpants for that buffet. But the Disney diet consists of churros being washed down with soda. And in between that, uh, you know, topping yourself off with some candy cane or uh, uh, not candy cane, cotton candy. There there was a time when, I don't know, I, I think someone in my family had just gotten done eating like an ice cream cone. And then I go on a ride and now, they, now my daughter's eating con- cotton candy. I'm like, man, you know, stuff like that, uh, I, I, it, it trips me out. Because even though when you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. When you're in Disneyland, you do as the Disneylandians do. And, you know, the diet and nutrition just goes completely out the window. And I had anticipated letting my hair down a little bit. And indulging on a level, on a perceived effort of uh, seven. I wasn't going to go full hog and go level 10 out of 10 and just completely lose myself. But I was going to go a seven out out of 10 on the Richter scale. Which is a lot for me because, like I said before, I I tend to stick with what works. And eating a, a whole bunch of sweets doesn't work for me it just makes me feel like like crap I'm very in tune with my body and the sensitivity to all the sugar and whatever ingredients are in those are in those sweets yeah they're good 
they they taste good while while you are consuming them, but you pay the price after. At, le- at least I do. I'm in tune with the price that's being paid after. And so even though I am indulging, I'm still still uh, maintaining my portion control and not not trying to think too much about it. So we spend all day there at California Adventure and night begins to fall. And once again, the expertise of my wife had put in a reservation so we can get a a nice sweet spot to watch uh, this Disney, I don't know, some water fountain show. And I've never seen it before. I've been hearing great things and I was looking forward to it. And if you don't put in the reservation, you're just going to have to, I don't know, squeeze in get in where you fit in type deal and who knows where that's going to be because people start to to occupy their space an hour before but not with when uh not when you're running with my wife she put in the reservation so now we're up in the front i'm like oh hey hell yeah about to have a front row show to to this awesome disney uh disney water show there is a name for it but i don't know what the name is but it's right on the water. Go ahead and Google that. But you would definitely not get the same effect watching it on a screen as if you were there. And like I said before, I am inspired and awestruck in the fabrication and production element and creativity that it takes to put on these shows. Like, for example, just the, the simple sound system that they use... The, the bass is rich, the highs are sharp, and the sound system is just incredible. You are immersed. It is a immersive sound. They're using much more than like a Bluetooth speaker, I'll, I'll tell you that much. And, you know, they have a sound system that is spread out, so if you're hearing something on the right, it's going to shoot through all the way to the left, enriching the, the overall experience and because i am uh, i'm in tune with these these nuances it really it really tickles me and so that is just the sound system and now they have these jets blasting up out of the water and you know what people take this stuff for granted they just look at it oh wow water's being shot out but for me i'm like man how much pressure how much energy is coming out out of one of those things? And who who programmed it? What type of uh, computer system did they use? I wonder how they installed the these damn nozzles that are underwater. How many gallons of water are they shooting out? This is where my mind goes. So I'm looking at it and just like all these math equations, these, these possibilities are just running through my mind and, and it enriches the experience for me yeah i'm able to you know sit there and just mindlessly watch it but man there's so much so much things that we take for granted that you don't even consider but you know that's just the way that i think oh yeah and then so these nozzles they're shooting out water and they they can shoot them out so let's say you're going up to a water fountain and you push the button and you have a little stream coming out um the water that they shoot out can well i mean obviously it's much bigger than that but it'll be just like a nice like fire hose but they have the the ability to turn it into like a spray and now with that spray 
they they are projecting high quality, high definition images of multi themes like Star Wars, obviously Mickey Mouse and all of you know the the Mickey Mouse friends, and there's it is being choreographed with music, the the lasers, there's fire, big old fire bombs, multiple fire bombs, big flashes of light, smoke. Did I mention lasers? Because there's a bunch of lasers. And then, I don't even know what ship it is from Star Wars, but they projected a big Star Wars ship, and it looks like it's just floating. It looks like it's really there. And I'm like, man, how do they do it? It's, it's just totally magic. Complete magic. And after my, my mind is being blown in so many different ways, you know, that is the aspect that I enjoy Disneyland is just, you know, that those types of things. Like I said, they have the, the most brilliant computer engineers, the most brilliant installers, the most brilliant from top to bottom because their shows are impeccable. And you know what? The people, uh, those people, they don't even get any any credit. Sure, they get paid money, and that's awesome. But man, uh, the symphonies that go along, the musicians, the recording artist, the the mic setup people. I don't know how many jobs it takes to produce that, but it's definitely more than one. And when I say more than one, I don't know. It's probably. A thousand, ten thousand jobs? I don't know. It's a lot. And it blows my mind. It trips me out. So the show is starting to wind down. And there's a big climax. And then it like abruptly stops. And then Mickey Mouse in his wizard blue costume. Mickey Mouse pops up and he says, Some imagination, huh? And then he disappears. And I'm like, you damn right, Mickey Mouse. That's some fucking imagination. Because I want to be able to think of any of that shit. Just a simple illustration. I suck in drawing. And they got, you know, Moana talking to a wave going underwater right before my eyes. And she's singing, and a symphony, and laser smoke, fire. And meanwhile, I'm thinking about the complications and, and frustrating moments I have trying to program my ring doorbell. That is the chasm in which I'm able to experience with my own inability to troubleshoot my ring doorbell and... The Disney engineers putting on that show. I'm like, man, I guess I'll just be... You know what? If I were to be a... I don't know, I don't know try to get a job at Disneyland. I don't know. I, I would try to do do something. Man, it's not, it's not what you know. It's who you know. And I have a good personality. I would try to go all the way right up to the top and just... Suck on the suck on those balls of the top guy and just give me a job. Gobble it up. 
But anyways, we had a great time. We spent uh, 13, 14, 15 hours out. I don't know the exact number, but it was all day, all night. And we didn't get home until, I don't know, 11 or 12 o'clock. And my wife is so hardcore that usually we would go to Disneyland the very next day. But she was like, I want a full day to recover. So that at Disneyland, I have all of my energy built back up. My muscles are restored. My energy is replenished. And we can go full hog one more time at Disneyland. I'm like, alright, that's what you want, that's what we'll do. So, we come home to California Adventure, or at least back to the hotel. We sleep in, we have that breakfast buffet again, we putz around the hotel, go to downtown Disneyland, but at the hotel we ended up going swimming, some hot tub action, got in a nice little gym workout, and blessings all around. Blessings to be able to make something like that happen. And there's a quote that comes to mind from Jordan Peterson, he says that we are a community of people distributed amongst time. And he's speaking to the individual. And I think to myself like, hey, good job, Reuben of the past for saving some money that afforded you this trip. Good job, Reuben of the past for acquiring some skills that earned you a income. Good job, Reuben of the past for not spending all your money. Good job, Reuben of the past for being able to pay for this in cash and not having to go into debt. Good job, buddy. Hell yeah. That that is deserving of a fuck yeah. Because I know that a lot of people can't afford the week that me and my family were able to experience. And you don't need to go to Disneyland to have fun, to spend time with your family. You can go to the park. You can go fishing. You can do a bunch of other things that don't cost that much money. And however you spend your money, totally fine. However you choose not to spend your money, hey, totally fine too. To each his own. And I'm just simply acknowledging the blessings that one, got me there. Two, that I was immersed in. Even though the faces are invisible and Mickey Mouse gets all the credit, I know that all the hardworking people behind the scenes are the ones that are the biggest people who deserve the the credit for it. Man, from, from the janitor keeping that place clean, from the people who are walking around sweeping up spilled popcorn and all the other crap that these kids throw. How awesome is it? So many jobs. As challenging, as difficult as it can be. I'm grateful for the strength to even be able to endure and sustain such a heavy lift as going all day at California Adventure. Man, yeah, you have to have some strength. You got to put some gels in your sketchers. And you better be gelling. You better have a, a, a comfortable pair of shoes, a water bottle, and bring some snacks. You know what? Disneyland, surprisingly, they allow snacks in there. And we bring it in. So Danny's, Danny's in there 
at least snacking on some some healthy healthy stuff, some beef jerky, some power bars, and some of these nuts. Man, blessings all around. Everything that could go wrong did not. Everything that went right went right. It wasn't all you know peaches and cream. There are some fussy moments from the little one. Some some mantrums maybe sprinkled here and there. I don't know. Just whatever. You are definitely going to experience uh, little stresses here and there. But for the most part, it was smooth sailing the entire time. As much as I'd say, like to believe that I won't be going back there for another 5-10 years. Probably be back there next year, which is... That's alright. These kids, they're only young once. We're making memories at Disneyland. Such a blessing. And... With the things that we know, we're able to make the experience that much more enjoyable. So, and you know, hey, I'm at 50 minutes. This is one of the world's longest podcasts right now, all just on California Adventure. So, if you survive this whole episode, right on. Give me a like, give me a subscribe, give me a follow. And until next time, onward, always onward.